Thanks for tuning in to Flicks and Joysticks, where Grizzly and Daniel sit around and talk about their thoughts and feelings about movies and video games, past, present, and future. Welcome back to another episode of Flicks and Joysticks. I'm Grizzly. And I'm Daniel. We're going to jump right into the news of the day. One of the coolest things coming out soon is the streaming service Disney Plus. And and I know some people think that it's Disney trying to get their piece of the pie and this whole streaming thing. And while that may be true, I'm kind of okay with that. I'm okay with that <laughs> because the promise of these new shows and, and stuff coming out, and especially Star Wars, um, if you heard anything, The Mandalorian is a TV show coming out in November, I believe, and that just looks incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that we're really excited about, though, is that it's been a rumor for a while and has finally been confirmed. There's going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series. And if I'm not mistaken, this is going to take place between Return of the Jedi when... uh, No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Revenge of the Sith when he brings Luke and Leia to Tatooine Mm -hmm. to all the way up into Star Wars Wars A New Hope. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe not the whole span, but definitely that's the time period of this show. And I got to say, that that really excites me because there's some... There's some cool backstory yeah. that I don't think that we know of that, yeah. that can that can really be awesome. And the best part about it is that Ewan McGregor is reprising the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Absolutely. He, there's no one else that can play that part ever. There, and there will never be someone that can play that part. No. Uh, young, old, however you know, age you want to try to slice it up. Yeah. No one else can play that character. Mm-hmm. He, he, just, he is Obi-Wan Kenobi. <clears throat> and I got the sense, excuse me, from some of the interviews and stuff that, that you've seen after they announced it, because they can talk a little more loose mm-hmm. after they announce it. I think he's been wanting to do this for a while. Oh, yeah. But I think he's had to keep his mouth shut. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? He's like, finally, I can say it. Yes, yes. I can say the words. Uh, but I did read also that they have the full script written out for this show. Nice. So there's no no downtime. The filming starts uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, the script, like I said, is totally written. So I would expect with this being... With the weight behind this, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a ton of CGI. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lot of practical effects and costumes, things that make Star Wars good. And I think it will have more of a look and feel of A New Hope, of the original mm-hmm. movies. Because even even like uh, with these new movies, with you know, Return, uh, The Last Jedi and stuff like that, it has a, a somewhat modern feel to it. Mm-hmm. Not... Not futuristic, which sounds stupid, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they're going to go for more this arid, rugged, run-down, tattooing desert. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're going to really stick in that, would be my guess. So, yeah, that's going to be great. That is going to be cool. And there's a lot of speculation that you can go, go into on this. And you're talking about the setting, and the setting on Tatooine is definitely set well for that, for to be... feel have that old-school feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a sand planet, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's really cool, but... Yeah. One thing I hope, and I, there, this is totally just my just wish list. This is not even thing. I don't even think it's been talked about. But if I don't know how, like I don't know how long there's, this spans. I don't know how long this story is going to span. But if it spans into a young Luke Skywalker, where he's like kind of close to where he is in the movies, then I think it would be really cool if we could see Sebastian Stan play him. Because if you don't know who that is, he plays the Winter Soldier in the Marvel movies. But if and you may not think about him being Luke, but if I swear, if you put 
a picture of him right next to Luke Skywalker from to Mark Hamill mm-hmm. back in the day. It's almost identical. It's 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 weird. Yeah, it, it does look fake, but but Google it. Yeah, Google it. It, it looks very fake. I even seen where they take uh, they Photoshop the hair from mm-hmm. Luke. And, yeah. and uh, a new hope and put it on his head, yeah. and you cannot tell the difference. Yeah. yeah. So. So that yeah, that would be, that's a perfect casting out there waiting to be hit on. Yeah, that's great. Yes. That's great. So yeah. So that is that. We could probably do a whole episode <laughs> about that, but we won't. We won't. <laughs> um. So let's move on. So we're going to do a little, a little bit of a. Uh, maybe controversial little topic here, possibly. Mm-hmm. We're going to do overrated movies, and I think. I think both of us have some some touchy ones, maybe. I think people. you're right. I think you're right. Uh, I'll, I'll go. Let me, let me, let me do this, uh, get this out of the way. So first one, and there's probably more we're forgetting. Yeah, But correct. these are the two that popped out in my head. The first one is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Okay? Here's why. If you watch it right now, and you ask anyone who was a teenager, maybe when this come out, how in any way is it relatable? The dad, the the guy's dad, ha, or uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. His dad has a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that had a Ferrari. Right. My dad didn't know anybody that had a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's this sport little rich kid who hates the world. Bueller is just this smart aleck. Yeah. You know what I mean? At yeah. just at no point did I see it as relatable in any way mm-hmm. and while yeah it's a fun movie and mm-hmm. it has it's funny parts but it's more about being rebellious and, a, and just a jerk yeah and kinda, I, yeah. I've, I've seen it I think twice and I, both times I struggle to stay mm-hmm. into it I just can't stay tuned in man yeah yeah well and another thing about that movie for me is like it almost causes me anxiety whenever somebody's trying to sneak around and like <laughs> and like not get caught or something yeah. like that. It just I'm like, just do it already, yeah. you know yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah. that always yeah. stresses me out. But. I just it's it's not for me. I think it's really overrated because it's so it's it's almost like a cult classic. I guess yeah. you could say, but I don't even get that because there's some cult classic movies that I like, sure, mm-hmm. but this isn't one of them. Right. I don't get it. And on the same, kind of the same note, I love The Breakfast Club. Right. I think The that Breakfast is Club movie. is extremely relatable, even now, mm-hmm. you to are this correct. day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these movies are basically, you know, you, you kind of put them in the same basket, mm-hmm. but they're so different to me. Yeah. So that that's, it's not for me, man. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Bueller. <laughs> not for me. Uh, the second one I'm going to go with is uh, a little more modern, and it's Crash. Have you ever seen Crash? I actually have not seen Crash. Okay. The first time you watch it, you probably you probably think it's okay. You probably think that's oh, pretty good. Uh, they touch on a lot of really um, sensitive topics, mm-hmm. like racial dis- uh, um, I can't even think of the word now. Racial discrimination mm-hmm. and a lot of um, stereotypes and, and and things like this. And, and it's it's an R movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't watch it with your kids. Right. And the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, that was. That was pretty intense in some spots. Well, they, they talked about some faux pas things. Mm-hmm. But you go back and watch it again, and, and I have watched it several times since. The movie, all the um, all the scenes where the situations happen and stuff, they're very poorly executed. They're forced. Mm-hmm. They just they just happen. Yeah. And like in one scene, there's one couple's walking down the sidewalk, 
And this other, I, I, th- I think it's two guys are walking towards them, and the girl's kind of scared, and she's trying to tell this guy why, and it's really racially insensitive, right. but you don't know why this is going on, and it just goes on and on and on, and then they mug her. Like, mm. come on now. Yeah. You're pushing this, these stereotypes to make a controversial film. Don't make a film controversial just for the sake of controversy. Right. Because that tells me you don't have a good movie. Right. If you're forcing this stuff, and and then I sit back and look, that's the appeal of the movie. It's just controversial. Right. That's not a good movie. That's right. not a good flick, man. <laughs> no. I know what you're going for, but that's that's not that's just not a good film to me. It's if you're not. trying to say something, it's one thing. But if you're just trying to stir up controversy, that's a completely different. Other thing. Yeah, and that's to me, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But again, I I. I I think you can put it as cult classic, maybe. Right. But and my wife's gonna be mad at me. She loves this movie. <laughs> she loves it. Yeah. But it's just again, I, I don't see the appeal or even the uh, how it's a good movie, other than it's just makes you cringe. Right. And I just that's not for me. Yeah. Mine is more of an actor than just a single movie, but like. And this is probably going to be a sore spot for some of you, and you're going to be—you might even never listen to this again if I say this. But, but I got to be honest. Like most movies that contain Will Smith as an actor, just just are lacking something. I mean, I grew up loving Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I mean, it was one of the best shows yep. on TV when I was growing up, and I loved his character in that. But I almost feel that in every movie he's in we get just a different variation of that character. Yeah. You know, like, like we get, he's always that jokey kind of thing. And I, I know a lot of people love him, but it's like, it just doesn't fit in all the movies that he's in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the worst one has to be Wild Wild West. Yeah. Like, That's I mean, awful, dude. That is the worst movie ever. And, and what's weird about it is they made him be like the serious one. I think that's what you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't make Will Smith the serious yeah. one. Yeah. And and I mean, don't get me wrong, I love some of the movies he's in. I mean, Independence Day was incredible. But again, he was this goofy pilot. Hot shot. You know, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I don't know, he just he just has that same People talk about how he's such a great actor, but in my opinion, he just he's Will Smith. It's yeah. like Will Smith as this, Will Smith as this. Right. It's right. never. I never think that's a different character. I always think that's just Will Smith as something. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Bad Boys One and Two. Mm-hmm. I love those movies. Yeah, they're they're just fun. You know, bang bang, shoot 'em up movies. Mm-hmm. He's another variation of Will Smith. He's <laughs> yeah. just a little cocky, little cop. Yeah, I, I will give him one partial pass mm-hmm. and that is the pursuit of happiness that yeah that was that was a different that was not Will Smith being Will Smith yeah that was true. him trying to portray the best he can a desperate father mm-hmm. and I think at, in that movie wasn't his son yeah his, re- his son real life in the son movie. was the son of the movie I think something about that with his son being little because that kid couldn't have been five six years old right. maybe somewhere in there mm-hmm. I, I think that might have helped because mentally you got to get there of right. course you know in any acting job but in all these other movies he's just got to be kind of himself yeah. you know what I mean yeah and in this one he couldn't do that but yeah it's um it's a resume where 
he can put the same thing down under every title, yeah. every every character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. Well, I think that's enough of that. I think yeah. we've made enough people yeah. mad with that I know, one. Right? So. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to the main topic, and it's definitely one I know. I know Chris is excited about. Yes. I definitely into. I and I have really been warming up to these lately. We're going to go and talk about The Lord of the Rings. Okay, we're going to do the main trilogy. I, well, I guess you call it the main trilogy. Yeah, right? okay. yeah you do. Okay. Because we, our previous episode was about The Hobbit, mm-hmm. and now we're doing the main trilogy. But there's so much we want to talk about. We're actually splitting this into two episodes. Yeah. And uh, this one we're kind of talking about just, we're going to kind of nerd out and just talk about some of the the weapons and you know all that kind of stuff. And in the second episode, we're going to, dive more into the story yeah. of each each and everything so yeah. um, so just stay tuned and listen to the second episode because yeah. there's a lot to talk about yeah yeah for sure for sure alright so first Chris your favorite weapon in the movies are I, it may be <laughs> <laughs> it may be cliche but I love 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 Anduriel and that's the sword of Erewhon the remade sword mm-hmm. from the Shards of Narsil. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've always loved it. Since since I first saw it in the movie, I mean, I just... That sword, I mean, he swings it around and it's like the length of a whole man. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. it's... it's a It has a presence. Yes. Man. It really does. And it just... And, and it's... I think it's also called Flame of the West, which I think is kind of... What Andorial means, I could be wrong about okay, that. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. but you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the thing—we don't know all the names of the weapons, but it is cool that weapons in Lord of the Rings have names mm-hmm. and and, and stories know. with them yeah, too. Yeah, and the stories. Yeah, I I do think that you you could separate that weapon. Not not trying to be uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, funny there, but you could take the weapon just on looks. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple, basic design, mm-hmm. but it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a beautiful. It's just beautiful. Well, it's got the runes like on the blade mm-hmm. and like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just, well, the hilt cool. and everything is just real simple design. It's not you know crazy with dragons and fire and all right. that. It's nothing like that. Right. But then the story behind it as well is such a good story yes. too. Yeah. I mean, I just I I think I'm right there with you. I think that may be. I think that might be my favorite too. Mm-hmm. I really do think that'll be my favorite, um, ju- just based on watching it in the movies. Yeah, it's great. Man. Yeah, it really it's is. It's great. And I mean, some more like man, there's so many good weapons. Like I love, I've always loved bow and arrows too. So like, especially when you see Legolas do his his stuff. I mean, that's. That's really cool. Yeah. I always, I always like it when he like stabs somebody in the eye and then he pulls the arrow on the string and shoots somebody else. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, help me out here. Didn't he get a bow? Was it specially for him from the elves or something like that? Um, or? Yeah, when they went through, um, oh, what's that place? Is it Lothlorien? Maybe. I'm not sure if that's what it is. I, I get, I'm getting lost. But anyways, where they go through the woods with the yeah. elves. In there, and she gives him, and she she gives him a bow. Right, and um, it's in the extended version. So if you've never actually watched the extended versions, it's not just an extra sword swipe here or there. There's actual story ah. that are that are not in the regular trilogy. I didn't so, know that. So yeah, I mean, there's okay. like some story bits in there. Well, I'll get on Amazon real quick. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but 
But yeah, she gives him that, and and that's that. The reason I say that is because that's one of the scenes in the movie that if you haven't watched the extended version, that's not in there. But um, she gives the whole fellowship. She gives him something, and uh, she gives Legolas the bow. She gives um, Mary and Pippin. What does she give them? I think some swords, maybe. She gives them, or maybe not. She gives him a weapon or something. I'm pretty sure. I, can't re- I don't remember and that. And then she gives Sam some elvish rope. I remember the rope. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the rope. She gives Frodo the star, the light of the mm-hmm. star in the little glass mm-hmm. jar thing. And um, I don't know if she gives Boromir anything or not. Maybe she doesn't give everybody something. But she gives several people yeah. something. And um, um, what, what I always thought was cool was like, you, you, and even in the Hobbit trilogy, you have this. You see where this tension between elves and dwarves come in. But you have Gimli, who the only thing he wants from her is a lock of her hair, just because she's so pretty, yeah, and so beautiful. And I just <laughs> think that's so awesome. I love him. Dude. He was such a good character. Yes. Man. How can you not like him? I know, right? He was good. Um, but I also like. Oh, so go no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, um, I also like. Gandalf sword and staff combo. You know, right off the tongue, it kind of sounds like it'd be clunky, but he kind of owned it though. Like, <laughs> yeah. He kind of was killing yeah. it with it, man. Yeah. Literally killing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. He, <laughs> Ian McKellen, that's his name, right? Yeah. Ian, yeah. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good at Gandalf. He man. is Gandalf. Yeah, he, you're right. Yeah, you beat me to it. That's what I was going to say. There's a game like a Obi One. There's nobody else that can play him, man. There's just not. There's just not. Um, I will say one weapon that that I like is um, was it Orc Slayer? Was it the one that um, that Bilbo gets? Was that what it was called? Bilbo? No, he gets Sting. Sting. The one that glows. Blue. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's right. Sting. Excuse me, Sting. Mm-hmm. And not because it's a radical design or anything, but the grip. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever noticed the grip. If I remember right, it's brown and silver wrapped. So it's like they didn't totally wrap the handle. Right. There's a little metal exposed. Yeah. And just something about it with the light steel color that it looks like. I did this sounds so nerdy, but I'm making That's care. awesome, man. Because it just it looks really, really, really good. Yeah. I just love that design. It's simple, yeah. clean, and the way that handle with the brown and the silver hit, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. It's gorgeous. Yes. So cool. Yeah. It's uh this, I it's been a long time since I have seen a movie that has the depth of characters, settings, weapons, uh, lore, you know, just with everything. And to be able to pick apart just, this is one little fraction <laughs> right. of this thing. You know, it, it speaks to, in my opinion, how this movie slash book slash story, however you want to put it, it's up there. It's mm-hmm. got to be, historically speaking, one of the top Mm-hmm. Five to ten, yeah, stories ever Absolutely. told. I mean, it it blows me away sometimes when you can really get lost in it really quick. Well, and not only that, Lord of the Rings wasn't the first to wasn't the first story to ever use like elves and dwarves and stuff. However, it's one of the most popular. It was one of the first popular ones that used it. So today, when you hear of elves and dwarves and other stories, most of that can be traced back to inspiration from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's going to have roots in it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, are right, you going to move on? Yeah. We right. can, 
We could, but... I know, I know, I know. So this was a little more my idea, okay? Mm-hmm. I think all the castings in 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 the uh, Hobbit movies and this one, I think they're all great, except for, for one, <laughs> and it tears me up because it's awful, mm-hmm. and that is Frodo's casting. You are not joking. I can't stand him. I, I have tried to watch the movies with a filter, mm-hmm. with don't pay attention to him, don't pay attention to his whiny freaking yeah. character yeah. and the pacifier he's got in his mouth and, <laughs> and this odd sympathy that he's doing a poor job at you know giving to Smeagol I can't do it right. it, it, it and I can't decide is it him doing a poor job of acting or is it the directors telling him to be like this and it's not coming across the way these two people right. want me to, to see it I'm not sure but I, I know I think I figured out how to to describe what's off about it. You know, we talked about Gandalf, just like we talked about Ian McKellen, just being Gandalf. Well, it's like that with everybody else. Um, John Rice Davies is Gimli. Orlando Bloom is Legolas. Mm-hmm. But Frodo, Elijah Wood as Frodo, you can tell he's acting. Okay. And I think that's what the biggest thing is. It, I, I don't actually s- understand. I don't that. feel okay. like he's Frodo. I feel mm-hmm. like he's acting the part of Frodo. Yeah, yeah. W- which this is going to leak over a little bit, but you could say the same thing about Hayden Christensen too, couldn't you? Yeah. With Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something about that actor and the emotion they're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Right. It does not work. Mm-hmm. I, even with Sam, I don't really like Sam that much, but his character. Mm-hmm. Sean that, Astin is Sam. That's Sam. Like, yeah. like I just, and every time, like I said, I've tried to watch them and not even pay attention that much to it. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy the movies. Don't get me right. wrong. There's right. there's nothing wrong with them, but man, that sticks out like a sore thumb to me. It does. And I feel like you could plug in, I'm not going to say anybody, but you could put almost a no-name actor in that spot. And I think at the time, Elijah Wood was kind of that no-name guy a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could plug in other people in that and they could do... Well, honestly, most of the casting were no-name at that point. Okay. Because you think, Viggo Mortensen, nobody knew who that was. I mean... True. I mean, yeah, he had had some success after that. Yeah. But he was... Orlando Bloom, um, same thing. I mean, nobody knew who he was before he played. And I, I think while some of them had other roles, like, of course, you had Liv Tyler, who people knew who that was, and Hugo Weaving... People knew who that was, but but they those two played their roles so well that once again you thought they were the characters, yeah. and um, yeah. but um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think who do you think would have made a good Frodo? I'm not 100% sure I could think of somebody, but literally anybody. I, I, well, you know, and I thought about this Will too. Smith, no, yeah, Will Smith, definitely <laughs> cowboy hat for some reason, yeah, whatever. Um, wrapping up in the middle of it, it would probably happen right. too. <laughs> um, I the, there was one that popped into my head because I think at the time his age would have fit too, mm-hmm. I, I, and that's one thing I think they cast him especially because of his looks. Mm-hmm. He had a very youthful, young look to right. him, and I'm not sure about the books how Frodo's age is, but mm-hmm. I think he's supposed to come across as young, innocent, naive. Mm-hmm. I think at the time, and this is gonna, this is probably going to be like oh, I roll. I think DiCaprio could have done it. Maybe yeah. I think DiCaprio could have done it. You know what? I think he gets a bad rap, but I think he's a fantastic actor. I've, I've, I really yeah, do. I've really enjoyed him. 
Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. uh, uh, The Revenant. Revenant yeah. Oh man, that movie's that movie's so another show. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but but yeah, he's one that comes comes to mind mm-hmm. just just because you've seen him. Um, in, in his, a lot of his previous movies, he can go from fun, serious, mm-hmm. extreme emotion, but he's never come across as whiny. Right. And dude, that just burns me up with it. It's mm-hmm. just freaking whiny, and I yeah. can't stand it. Can't yeah. stand it. And you know, you talked about Hayden Christensen earlier, and that was one of the biggest complaints with him too. He's just too whiny. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and once again, is that dir- the director or is that the actor? Yeah. We don't know. Because the, these characters, they come from a book. The book goes on to a script. That's it, These characters go through so many hands, mm-hmm. through so many minds, and then they got to come off the screen into me. That's a lot of filters to run through to right. make it stick. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But that, to me... Is such a failure. Yeah. Not on the story. Not, not, not at the all. story. It's not nothing. It's simply that casting or directing. I, mm-hmm. I can't blame it on one or the other because I don't know. Right. But yeah, that's the part that sticks out with me really bad. Mm-hmm. Really bad. But once again, all the rest of the characters and all the rest of the actors and actresses are phenomenal. Absolutely. Like really, I can't think of another one that I don't think fit or could have been done better by someone else. No. No. Uh. uh Oh gosh, bear with me. The the king that's possessed by Sauron. Oh yeah, um, Bernard uh, Hill. Yeah, uh, Theoden. Yeah, amazing. He mm-hmm. does so good, yeah. man. Like he is Theoden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's the problem that we're having. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's it. He's the only one you don't believe is the character. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it, and it, and it's a shame because he has so much screen time. Yeah, I know. He has so much screen time. And I, I and let me be honest. I've watched these movies like more than anybody probably should. I mean, I've seen them <laughs> I've seen them probably 20 times or not, if not more. I mean, not not exaggerating. So, um and now I find myself in those scenes with Frodo, I'm like, oh, this is when I get up and go get a snack or that's when I go to the bathroom or you know something like that yeah. because because it's just it's just not as good as the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, and for the most part, it doesn't affect the story, um, like emotions-wise, right. and the storytelling, but the one part that it definitely fails at for me is why is he seem? Why does he seem? And why is he so attached and sympathetic towards Smeagol? Right. And I know, I know why, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is his acting job. I don't get it. I don't. I've never understood why you're like that and they have little scenes of dialogue where it explains it and that's great and again I get it mm-hmm. but you're not making me feel that with your character it mm-hmm. feels forced it yeah. feels fake yeah and it, it he almost comes across as brainwashed and I mm-hmm. think in some ways he kind of is yeah my Smeagol and I, and I get that part too right but <laughs> the acting doesn't do it for me dude uh-huh. it doesn't do it for me man I mean, even the random orcs that have lines are perfectly cast. Yeah. What about the legs? They don't need those. Like, I mean, that's, <laughs> that guy's cast perfectly, you know? Yeah. The bird-looking yeah. guy. Yeah. Who is that? We look him up. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. That was good. That was good. Uh, what, what's the what's the leader guy say whenever they're, uh, when they kill, he kills that one orc? He's like, meat's back on the menu, boys, or yeah. something like that. His three words were better than his yeah. entire series, yes. entire trilogy. Yes. 
Oh, and man. One of, since we're kind of talking about the characters and actors, um, one that I think goes under the radar but I think was played really well was um, Carl Urban as Aomir. And Aomir was the nephew of King Theoden in, in the movies. And, and I don't know, but his look... And his acting with that is just fantastic. And if you don't know who Carl Urban is, he's now, the, the latest thing he's done is that show called The Boys. He's the, um, I can't think of his name, but the dark-haired guy with the, the hair. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you got me stumped right now. But, I just finished that series, too, yeah, actually. I'm about halfway like through. It? You like it so it's far? It's pretty good so yeah, far. It, it, it's, a little, it's a little dark and twisted. Yeah. It's a, don't watch it with the kids. No, Probably don't watch it with your wife. No. It's, yeah, if no, she just sick of her stomach or something, yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, anyways. But, yeah. but um, I think he was good. I, I really do, and and just all of them. And of course, Sean Bean. You can't go wrong with Sean Bean. Never anything wrong with him, dude. He he did such a good job. What's the first movie you ever saw him in? Um, uh, oh my gosh, Goldeneye. Yes, Goldeneye. And, and while we're on that, Goldeneye is my favorite James Bond movie of all time. I've watched the old ones, I've watched the newer ones, and I like them all, but for some reason, GoldenEye is my favorite. It was, now, it was my first one. It was the first one I ever saw, mm. but there's just, I think, the movie, but mixed with Nintendo 64 game, I mean, that was just yeah. that whole setup is, is my favorite. So. Do you remember his character's name? In Trebellion. That movie? Yes, good job. I do. You <laughs> see? Yeah. Oh, man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, um... You know the term lightning in a bottle? Mm-hmm. That's like catching a like Zeus's bolt in a bottle or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that this movie's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh sorry, we digressed. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, my mind was going towards Golden Eye when you said I know, that. right? I was like, you know what? It's been a long time since I've had a land party. It's about time for that. Isn't it? <laughs> hey, uh, James Bond is gonna be one of our episodes. That's a good one too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. there you go. Um all right, so let's transition over into the uh, last little topic mm-hmm. here. And it's going to be the location. Now, my idea for this topic was a little bit different. I was wanting to talk about, just a little bit, just briefly, about not the locations in the lore of Lord of the Rings, where they actually filmed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is going to sound maybe a little silly, but I think that that place... First off, they shoot a lot of films in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And it's not just jungle, you know, as some people might think. That ecosystem is actually pretty varied. You have yeah. high snowy mountains, the the rolling plains, jungle as well, and there's a bunch of islands and stuff too around there. That place is so perfectly made for this story. Yes, and and I always do this. I have a hard time thinking. Could you do that anywhere else? Now, I, yeah, they shot different scenes, different places too. But for the most part, that's where they, that's yeah. where they did it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it's. The scene where they're riding across the plains and that big wide shot with the mountains behind them yeah. and the the horns of the music's playing yeah. and the, the camera just pans just right. If you don't get cold chills there, yeah. you're a dead man or woman. You're dead. Yes. Because that is just so... It's epic mm-hmm. before kids nowadays ruined the word epic because it uh, truly right. was. <laughs> right. You know what I mean by yes, that? Yes, yes. It truly was. It's it's um, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous. And you might you might know, I've heard that there's a tour or something you can take where you walk the path of the fellowship so. or something. Yeah, and there's even like, I know there's Hobbit motels where you can stay in like a Hobbit really? house. Are you thing. serious? Yeah. 
Oh and man, I, I'm serious. New, New Zealand is one of my bucket list destinations, and I don't know if I'll ever get to go there because that's literally on the other side of the earth. <laughs> but but I would love to go there, and and I think once again, you know, you said it's more about where they filmed it than the locations in the movie. But I think that's that's what it is. Like we were talking about the characters, Ian McKellen is Gandalf. I think where they filmed is that place in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's it's. You know, and even and what I love is I've read, I've watched some of the behind the scenes stuff, and Edoras, which is the town in uh, Rohan where the king, where the kings possess and all that, mm. it's, it's like up on top of the hill mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, that's not CGI. Yeah. They found that hill and built the structures on top of it. Like I mean, it's it's yeah. like legit. Yeah, yeah. It and and I I guess kind of like what I was saying with the whole Elijah Wood casting, how many filters that has to go through. Well, they didn't have to go to New Zealand. They don't have to build that set right there at the, in those right. hills. The minds that all that all have to work together to decide where this goes, yeah. how it needs to look, how it, building it, yeah. you can draw it on paper all day. Yeah. To build it, it's it's incredible. It's, yeah. it is a, it's an achievement. Yes. I, in my opinion, it's a true. This whole film, the whole trilogy, mm-hmm. is an achievement to what can happen when you have good people behind the cameras, when you have good cast, when you have a cast that wants to work together. Right. You can hire all the A-list celebrities in the world you want. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, scour the back pages, you know, for 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 a bunch of no names and see how it works. Right. But to to put all of these little links together to make this beautiful amazingly and rich movie mm-hmm. with an amazing story that's already I guess you could say somewhat written for it because I'm not going to follow everything like we've right. talked about before but it's an achievement mm-hmm. I really think it's one of those rare achievements that happens and I think one of the one of the cool things and I say this I've said this before but one of my favorite parts about it is when those were filmed there was just enough CGI to make it feel like a fantasy place but but enough but more real enough real stuff to where I think they're timeless. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. like you can watch them today and you don't think that they were made twenty years ago. Yeah, like, which is really weird if you think about yeah. it. Was it that long ago? Yeah, it holds up. It really. It, does. I mean, it, and visually it holds mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it's um, it, it's just one of those things where I think timeless is a really good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I really do. It, it's. Will they add on to the story? Well, yes. Amazon's doing a, uh, mm-hmm. I guess you call it a prequel to everything, right. something like that. Mm-hmm. But they're not. I don't think they'll ever remake it again. They shouldn't. I don't. I don't think there's any they, reason. They to. shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, and you're talking about one of your favorite scenes where they're riding over the plains. One of mine is kind of same thing when the music's playing, but when they uh, light the beacon. And it shows, yes. you know, it shows a lot up over here, mm-hmm. and it shows a lot across the mm-hmm. the canyon or whatever. And it's it's got that music playing. Mm-hmm. You're seeing night and day through mm-hmm. through this whole traveling across yeah. the span, yeah, like of that, the earth, yeah, that just, earth, yeah. And then and then it gets to the end, and Aragorn is the one that sees it, and he's like, "Gondor calls for aid." Yeah, it's and great. Then, and it's literally when when there's that pause between when he says that and when Theoden answers, I. Every time my heart stops, and he goes, and we and Rohan will answer, and I'm like, yes, yes, yes they will. 
And <coughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. And speaking of Rohan, man, I'm, I'm going off tangent. Not really tangent. This is what we're talking about. Um, one of my other favorite scenes is in, the, in Re- Return of the King when they are fighting in the city and Gandalf and uh, Pippin are there. They're kind of behind that door and the orc's trying to get through mm-hmm. and they feel like they've lost. Well, all of a sudden they hear these horns blowing and it's Rohan and they've showed up and it's like the sun's behind them yeah. and it's just this long line of horses and it's like with the music and, and the horns that they're playing, just this hope fills the air and yeah. it's just incredible. Yeah. 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 And, 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 this, and it camera pans back to them mm-hmm. and you can see that on their face. Yeah. And you can feel it yeah. by looking at what they're doing. Yeah, it, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. But but again, just like with that, that's CGI. Mm-hmm. A lot of that CGI. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stay CGI for 30, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, for 30 minutes, half an hour, or the entire battle. It's not mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's very well mixed in and stuff. Actually, it's only part CGI. Uh, oh. And what I mean by that is, because once again, I watched the behind the scenes thing. Oh, okay. And they, they got... Like quite a few people to like actually ride on horses, but what they did is they filmed it, but then they just duplicated that oh, to where it looked okay. like a big giant army. It's a little Hollywood so, trickery, yeah, there. a little Hollywood so, magic. So I guess it, it's like that perfect in between. It's not, it's not really CGI. It's just real, like it's real people. They just kind of copied and pasted them down. The that's line. pretty neat. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, th- this has been fun. This has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, man, we could probably still go on for even more of our favorite scenes and so you know, just <laughs> yeah. weapons and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part, though, of this of this next episode, and we're gonna do it in a totally separate episode. Yes, uh, we're gonna dive a little bit more into the story, mm-hmm. nitpick a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe even give our own little critiques of yeah. it, maybe because you know we're highly qualified critics, of right? Course. Right. <laughs> I've got my degree from. Uh, no, I don't have a degree. I, don't have, I got a cereal box over there, in five <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah. They're just good. But yeah, thank you guys so much. This mm-hmm. has been a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to the second one, mm-hmm. uh, Chris. You want to take us out? Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, there's always one ring to rule them all. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Flicks and Joysticks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please click the subscribe button below to never miss an episode, and don't forget to like us on Facebook.